Today is Father's Day, and as we begin, watch this. Happy Father's Day, neighbor. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, it's a uh, family tradition. Wear your Father's Day gifts all day. You wore that to church this morning? Indeed, I did. Yeah, it was cute when they were kids, and now they're just trying to humiliate me. Get out. I wish I could. But humiliation is their love language. So, how about you? My teenage daughter got me a coupon for a mani-pedi. I have a good mani-pedi. No, you don't get it. She wants me to take her to get a mani-pedi so I can pay for the mani-pedi. Hmm. Can you take that baby tie off, please? That, that's what's bothering you about this ensemble? I just can't talk to you with it on. How about your boy? He got me a Love Me Tender trout. Fish me tender. Fish me sweet. Ever let me go. Well, those sound like good gifts. Do they? You did not go to church dressed like this today. Yeah, I guess. Hey, listen. It's fathers. We try to provide. We communicate with grunts more than we do words. We leave the toilet seat up as a conscious act of rebellion. And we don't complain about our Father's Day gifts. That's a father's lot in life, my friend. It's not the gifts. It's, it's really not the gifts. See this? My daughter gave this to me for Father's Day when she was five years old. She said to my wife, Mommy, I need to get Daddy the best gift ever because he's the best dad ever. She even wrote here on the tag, Happy Father's Day. She cuddled with this thing every night until she gave it to me. I was this girl's whole world. One year they're getting you chair stuffed animals and then in the blink of an eye, it's pedicures and fish. They just grow up so fast. I just want to know that my role as a father matters before it's too late. Our pastor this morning at church said scripture, a child's glory is their father. Mm. It sums it up. It's all I want to be. I just want to make my kids proud, encourage them, just be the man God called me to be. Hey, Dad. Duty calls. Hey, you are your kid's glory. Your daughter, she's not looking for a freebie. She's saying she wants to spend time with you. And your son, he thinks you have a good sense of humor. I am pretty sure that your kids still think you're the greatest dad ever. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Hashtag dads are awesome. Hashtag dads are awesome. Well, dads are awesome. They come in all shapes, sizes, and looks. But Billy Graham had this to say about fathers. A good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, and unnoticed, and one of the most valuable assets in our society. And that is so very true. And Mark Twain had this to say about his father. He said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, which begs the question, how ignorant was he? And he said, my father was so ignorant that I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But then when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much he had learned in just seven years. It kind of works that way, doesn't it? Here's Jerry Lewis talking about an encounter he had with his dad. When I was a kid, I said to my father one afternoon, Daddy, will you take me to the zoo? And he answered, if they want you, let them come and get you. Dads are kind of fun to joke around with and poke fun of. They do the same with us. But let's take a look at fathers from a different perspective. Watch this. I now believe that God desires for every father to courageously step up and do whatever it takes to be involved in the lives of his children. But more than just being there, providing for them, he's to walk with them through their young lives and be a visual representation of the character of God, their father in heaven. 
A father should love his children and seek to win their hearts. He should protect them, discipline them, and teach them about God. He should model how to walk with integrity and treat others with respect. And should call out his children to become responsible men and women who live their lives for what matters in eternity. Some men will hear this and mock it or ignore it. But I tell you that as a father, you are accountable to God for the position of influence he has given you. That's a pretty heavy statement. You're accountable to God for the position of influence that he has given you. And so we want to unpack that this morning and look at the scriptures that do that. So how many times do you think in the Bible the word father is written? Is it 45 times? No. How about 453 times? Not even that many. It's actually 1,453 times in the Bible. And let me say you'll be happy to know we're not going to read all of them this morning, okay? You can relax. If we did, maybe you get to the restaurant tonight, what, about 8 or 9 o'clock? Be cleared out by then, but we're not going to do that. A lot of the scriptures, however, say things such as this, like this guy was the father of that guy who was the father of this guy and that kind of thing. But some of them really talk about what it's like to be a godly father and to be a divine dad. So what does it take to be a divine father? We're going to look at that and we're going to see there are three things, which is really what God wants for us since we have the responsibility and we have the charge to be great fathers. Let me say these apply to dads of all ages, whether you've got kids of all ages or grandkids of all ages, they still apply to you. And here's the first one. Desire for your child's eternal life. Of course, dads, what kind of things are we thinking about? How do I pay the bills? How do I work this in the schedule? The kids have a game here and there, all those kinds of things. And yet, how often as dads do we really think about our desire for our kids' eternal life? Certainly always there running in the background, but I think it would be good. I think God would really like for us a little more often to have that in the foreground of our lives and to approach things in a little more in that direction, having a desire for our children's eternal life. So how do you do that? Well, firstly, you simply ask God to guide you in guiding them. If you ask God, you trust God for that. If you have that sense running more in your life, guess what? It takes the pressure off. Your kids are going to stumble and fall. They will. It's not that it's not going to be troubling. It's not going to be heartbreaking at times. But if you'll allow God to guide you in that, guess what? It doesn't get any better than that. And so that's where we're going to start, be a divine dad. And if you want to remember this in a succinct way, here's the word, believe. Believe that God will guide you. Now, Jim Velvana, who was a famous basketball coach, once said, My father, he gave me the greatest gift anyone could give another person. He believed in me. You see, dads, we really have to believe in our kids. They have to know that we believe in them and we have their back no matter what. Because if a kid doesn't know that and doesn't realize that, that their father really believes in them and really has their back, then there's something missing in their life. And it's not that they can't grow up to be wonderful people, but it's so much more challenging for them in a number of ways. So guys, we've got to believe that God can guide us. We've got to believe in our kids. Kids have to know we have their back. And as I say that, I know it can be really, really tough. Why? Well, because whatever style is prevalent at the time, our kids may decide to go with that. It's a picture on the screen. This is someone's son who we hope his father is proud of him. Now, he may not like the particular look, but hopefully he loves his son. And God's guiding him. The son probably knows dad doesn't really like my look, but I know he's got my back. Now, just a little bit closer to home, here's a guy who challenged a man I knew. 
This guy was 21 years old, and you probably recognize who that is. It's me, along with my bride-to-be of now 44 years, Patty. And remember, back in the early 70s, long hair was not very cool in mainstream culture. But my dad, he always believed in me, and he always had my back. It was never, ever a question at all. Of course, when I was much younger, I had short hair. I had a crew cut. And so his dad was our barber back then. He would go and get the clippers, and I'd go, oh, no. Because I always wanted to have just a little bit more hair. And I'd always go, Dad, not too much off, just a little here and a little there. And he'd get done, and I'd look in the mirror and go, oh, not too bad. But then he would always go, uh-oh. You have to remember, this is a man who was an engineer. He designed missiles, did fine woodworking. He could do anything with precision. But at the end of my haircuts, every time, uh-oh, this side's a little shorter than that side. Let me even it up for you. And he'd do that back and forth to the point where I was one step above being sheared, which, again, may be to this day why I have too much hair. But my dad, he always had my back. I knew that. Even though our taste and hairstyles didn't agree, he always believed in me no matter what. And that made all the difference in the world. And here's God's version of that in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. If you think about how tough it is as a dad, as you look at your kids and look at their situations and go, man, this is such a mess. Think about God. Think about God looking at his children. Think about God seeing the equivalent of all the spiritual piercings and tattoos, the spiritual wounds and stains, not on the outside, but deeply embedded inside. Yet, as God looks at all his children, he believes in them. He believes in all of us so much that he decided to give us his son. That if we would believe in his son, we would not perish. We would have eternal life. God believes in us that much. And he calls us dads to believe in our kids that much too. And to point them to God that they might believe in him, believing in his son. It's not God's desire. It's not any dad's desire that any of us should perish or any of our children should perish. That's why when we look at being a divine dad, it starts with belief. you got to believe. Yet it's interesting how challenging it is for us as dads. We go, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do what you say. But even then, it can be so tough. Take a look at this example from Scripture. In Genesis 22, 2 in the Living Bible, God says this to Abraham. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I'll point out to you. Can you imagine that? I mean, really, God says to Abraham, take your son with you. And for emphasis, he has to say, your only son. And for emphasis, he has to say, the one you love so much. And remember, Abraham was 99 years old when his first and only son was born to him. And now God says, sacrifice him? Yes, sacrifice him on the mountain, which when you get there, I'll point out to you. You see, dads are believing God in terms of him guiding us and guiding our kids is not always easy. In one sense, it does take the pressure off of us, but it also can be incredibly hard because sometimes some of the things that God says to us, we feel is going to sacrifice our relationship with our child. Oh, if I do this, they're really not going to like me. If I do that, it's really going to cause some distance in our relationship. But you know, God wouldn't call you. God wouldn't encourage you 
and point you in that direction if it was not going to be ultimately for his good, your good, and your child's good. And that's what's happening here. Yet if we were to stop the story of Abraham and Isaac right here, it'd be horrific. But we know as the story goes, that's not going to happen. So what did Abraham do? Well, he took his son. He went to the place where he really didn't know where he was going. He trusted God. And when he got down that road, God was going to point out things to him. And that's the way it is with us. Even though we don't know where we're going sometimes with our kids as God's guiding us, but we do know when we get down the road that he will indeed show us what to do, how to do it, and where to go in our doing it. Now, in continuing in the story as we get to verses 7 and 8 in Genesis 22nd chapter in the Living Bible, we read this, Father, Isaac asked, we have the wood and the flint to make the fire. Where is the lamb for the sacrifice? You see, our kids ask things like that, don't they? As in, oh, where's this going, Dad? Uh, why is this going to be this way? What's happening with that? And the truth is we do the very same thing, don't we? God, really, this is what you want me to do? Where's this going? Why does it have to be this way? Um, how are things going to turn out? And just like Abraham said to his son, God will see to it. You and I can trust God for that too. God is guiding you with your child as your father. And even though it doesn't always make sense, God will see to it. You can believe him. You can trust him. And so the scripture says they went on. And we need to do the same. We need to go on with our kids as God directs us. So desire for your child eternal life. That's the first part of being a divine dad. Believe in your child and believe that God will guide you. And believe in your child so they know you always have their back. Here's the second thing. Watch this. You can't fall asleep at the wheel, only to wake up one day and realize that your job or your hobbies have no eternal value, but the souls of your children do. Some men will hear this and agree with it, but have no resolve to live it out. Instead, they will live for themselves and waste the opportunity to leave a godly legacy for the next generation. But there are some men who regardless of the mistakes we've made in the past, regardless of what our fathers did not do for us, will give the strength of our arms and the rest of our days to loving God with all that we are and to teach our children to do the same. And whenever possible, to love and mentor others who have no father in their lives, but who desperately need help and direction. That's the second thing. Don't just believe God will guide you, but then secondly, actually do for your child as God directs you. Leave a legacy for your child and a legacy for the next generation. Easy way to remember this is with the word active. Be active in your child's life. And we know that many of our children here are grown, right? And who may seem to be doing pretty well on their own. If that's the case, you may be wondering, well, what can I do now? How can I continue to have a godly influence? What kind of legacy besides my kids do I really have? Well, you need to know there's lots of men and women out there that don't have direction. at a place in their life right now where they need it. And so your godly influence can go with them. I've been very, very blessed in my life to have a couple of guys at really critical times in my life who I could talk with about God. And it made a huge difference in my life. And so, guys, if you're at that place in life and you go, well, my kids are grown, what can I do now? Well, look for someone. Even if your kids are still around, look for someone you can share God's influence with. 
So we are to believe that God is guiding us, and we are to be active in pursuing what he shows us. Robert Hyland also adds this. He says, don't handicap your child or your children by making their lives easy. Yet first we hear that, it seems kind of odd. If your children's lives, however, too easy, their character will never develop, their spirit will never develop. So part of being an active dad is not making things so easy for your kids that they don't really grow as God created them to grow. Now, the biblical version of the other side of this comes in Colossians 3.21 in the message, which says, Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or crush their spirits. It's kind of a balancing act. You don't want to be too easy on them so their character and their spirit don't develop. You also don't want to be too hard on them so their character and their spirit will be crushed. You have to kind of balance in the middle. We see this dilemma in Luke's 15th chapter, verses 11 through 13 in the New Century Version. Then Jesus said, a man had two sons. The younger son said to the father, give me my share of the property. And even back then, there were the give me's. You know what I'm talking about. We see it with our kids early in the grocery store. Usually it's give me more typically in the candy aisle as they check out. But it continues as they become older children. And they become adolescents, it's the same thing. Give me, give me, give me. And you know what? Sometimes it doesn't stop them as adults. It can still be give me, give me, give me. And that's what's going on right now with this father. The younger son said to the father, give me my share of the property. And what did the dad do? It says to the father divided the property between the two sons. And some would say, is that really a good idea? Because look what happens. The younger son gathered up all that he had and traveled to another country. And there he wasted money and foolish living. And dads, that's one of the things we hate the most, to see our kids live foolishly. Now, when kids are kids, they do foolish things. But we hope some of that begins to drop off. We hate seeing them wasting things, obviously wasting money and resources. But we really hate to see them waste their heart and their brain and their motivation. We hate to see them not leaving some of the foolish things behind. And as you look at this, you go, well, that was too easy. That father on the son, because that younger son didn't develop in character, did he? Didn't develop in the spirit that he wanted, God wanted him to. Because the young man went out and he wasted everything he had and nothing left at all. What did this young son try to do to survive? Well, he became a slave for someone else. And he realized that the man that worked for his father back home had life much better than he was having living apart from his father. And so he turned around and he went home and he wanted to say to his dad, if you don't mind, dad, treat me like one of your hired hands. Of course, you know what happened in Luke's 15th chapter. We get to verse 22 through 24 in the NIV. But the father said to the servants, quick. That's because dads are that way, aren't they? Let's see, should I when it comes to my kid or shouldn't I? No, the heart of a father is not like that. The heart of a father is quick, just like the heart of God. And so the father said, bring the best robe and put on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf, kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Because dads love to see their children taking a step to them. Even if they've taken two, three, four steps back and away, We love seeing that one step that's taken towards us. That's the way it is with God. God's always there for all of us. No matter how far we've gone away, no matter what we've wasted or how foolish we've been, God is always there to welcome us back with open arms as his father and as we are to be with our children. The father said, for the son of mine was dead 
and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And that's the way it is with our dads. That's what being a dad is about. And though we hate those steps away from us, we love those steps back towards us. J.A. Clark adds this when he says, the most important thing parents can teach their children is how to get along without them. In other words, how do we teach our children and raise them up so that they can take positive steps, so they can stand on their own after they're grown? It's very challenging today, the economic times we're in. But however, when I grew up, I loved my mom and dad. But the thing then was, when you're 18, you want to move out of the house as fast as you can get away. I know that these days, it's not that way. Now it's more like, ooh, mom and dad. You know, mom cooks pretty good meals. Sometimes she does my laundry. So maybe I'll hang around for a while. And, and we understand it is a different time. Economically, it's tough, and that's important. But at the same time, we still got to teach our kids to get along without us. On the surface of a parent, I don't like the sound of that. I love being a parent. I love my kid and my grandkid. I love having them around. But our job is really to teach them how to get along on their own. And we hope that even when we do that, they're still going to stay in touch with us. They're still going to have a relationship with us even after they go. That's our job. That's what it's about. John Ciardi said, Every parent at some time is the father of an unreturned prodigal with nothing to do but keep the house open to hope. That's what being a father is about, being open to hope all the time, looking for those steps of them coming back together towards us, even if there have been many steps they've taken backing farther and farther away. So to be a divine dad, believe in God, believe in your kids, that they know that you have their back. Also, be active. Be active in trying to figure out that tightrope between too easy and too hard. And then the third thing is this. And we are inviting any man whose heart is willing and courageous to join us in this resolution. In my home, the decision has already been made. You don't have to ask who will guide my family, because by God's grace, I will. You don't have to ask who will teach my son to follow Christ, because I will. Who will accept the responsibility of providing and protecting my family? I will. Who will ask God to break the chain of destructive patterns in my family's history? I will. Who will pray for and bless my children to boldly pursue whatever God calls them to do? I am their father. I will. I accept this responsibility and it is my privilege to embrace it. I want the favor of God and his blessing on my home. Any good man does. So where are you men of courage? That's the third thing, and it's this. Be courageous for your child, your children, your family. Embrace the privilege of fatherly influence. The way you do that is to be bold. If you want to be a divine dad, believe, be active, and definitely be bold. Frederick F. Vanderwater once said, Fatherhood for me has been less a job than an unstable and surprising combination of adventure, Blind man's bluff, guerrilla warfare, and a crossword puzzle. If you thought fatherhood was going to be easy, you got another thing coming. That's a pretty good description. And even in the midst of that, God says, be bold and be courageous. Proverbs 22, 6 in the NIV tells it like this. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. It's true. It's not like try a little here try a little here. No, it's all the time. Understanding your most important desire for your child is that they have eternal life. 
So you're constantly doing that, walking that tightrope between too hard and too easy and being bold in that. Here's what it's really about. 1 John 3, 1 and 2 in the NIV says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. And what does that word lavished mean? Well, it means given abundantly, given extravagantly, given absolutely. And who of us would not like to have somebody come up to us and say, Hey, we'd like to lavish something on you. How different is that from someone saying, We'd like to give you something. The word lavish notes something abundant, something extravagant. And you see, that's what God has done with us. How great is the love of the Father is lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, dear friends. We are children of God, and what we will be has yet to be made known. You see, dads, no matter where you are in the process of fathering, no matter how messy or how difficult it is, just knowing that's not the way it's going to stay helps. Because the way it is right now is not the way it's going to be. It's going to change. Things are going to be different. Hopefully, they're going to be better. Hopefully, there'll be more steps forward than backward. Because it has not yet been made known what is to be with your child or even to be with you. And that's a wonderful thing. Although we have really good times in our lives, and sometimes we might even think, like, I wish this could stay this way forever. We know it won't. In fact, sometimes it seems like the sooner we wish that, the faster the other shoe drops. But know what's ahead. And it's not exactly what you're seeing right now. It's not always going to be that way. God really loves seeing his children taking those steps closer to him, moving forward towards him. And so let me close this morning with this. This is a father who comes home from war. We've seen that kind of thing before. But this particular father has never, ever seen his child take one step because his child has multiple sclerosis. And so his father comes home, and during the time he was gone, his young son learned to walk. And so this is the first time this dad has ever seen his son take a step toward him. Watch this. God is that way with us. God loves to see us take steps towards him. Dads, we love to see our kids take steps towards us because that's what life's really about. So God says, be a divine dad. Believe in your child. Believe that God's going to guide you in guiding them. Let your child know that you believe in them and you have their back. Be active in that. Don't drop the ball. Know that it takes effort to look at both sides of balancing between too hard and too easy. Believe, be active, be bold. Would you join me as we pray? Great God, thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your word this morning. And may we see indeed that you have charged us with the responsibility of influencing our children for you, influencing them for their moms, influencing them for their brothers and sisters, influencing them for the world and those interacting around them, influencing them to love you and to put you at the center of our lives. So thank you for your word this morning. And may we, Father, who are dads, may we desire to become divine dads, not that we haven't already taken steps in that direction, but help us to believe, help us to be active, help us to be bold. 
as you guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.